Hello, hello. You are tuned into a brand new episode of Thai Pod. And today, y'all, we have been blessed with the presence of Dr. Candace. So if you have not yet met her, you are about to be in for a treat. But Dr. Candace Anthony is a clinical therapist and coach with a passion for helping women build healthier boundaries and live life as authentically as possible. Her goal is to encourage women to be the truest form of themselves by helping them identify their ideal self and develop the process that's necessary to bring this version to fruition. She spent the last 15 years providing clinical therapy to both adolescents and adults, aiding them in learning healthy emotional and social responses to their mental health and wellness. And now we are just really lucky, to be honest, because she is using that professional knowledge and personal experience to provide more impact and get women where they are to where they desire to be. Y'all, the reason I'm really excited about this conversation today is because I've talked to Dr. Candice and we've decided to (laughs) lean in on a conversation around boundaries, why we need them, how they help us both in our personal and professional lives. And this is one of those topics that some people find fluffy, but it is like one of those foundational elements of just your overall health and wellness that really needs to get addressed so that you can thrive in your personal and professional life. So I just feel really, really honored, Dr. Candace, that we have you here today so that you can help us just, you know, get our lives together. to take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support. TyPod would not be possible without your reviews, your comments, and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far. So if you haven't already, please go on, hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content, and also be sure to leave a review. You may think that I'm not looking at them, but I swear to you, my friend, I read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy. So if you haven't already done so, hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. So I would love if you could introduce yourself to the TyPod community. Just give them a little bit more context about what you're about, your message, all of the things. We're, we're here for it. Sure. So um, first thing first, anytime I do a presentation, a podcast or anything, I always tell people when it comes to me talking about boundaries, I tend to chase rabbits, right? I can literally talk about boundaries for days on end. So I will try my best not to chase rabbits (laughs) when things come up because I just, I just really, really love boundaries. Um, So yes, I am from St. Louis. I am born and raised here. I absolutely love St. Louis, been in private practice for the past two years. Um, And really what pushed me more into doing coaching is, so for the longest time, I never wanted to label people, right? So I have a love-hate relationship with diagnoses. Um, And so in the therapy sense of things, not everybody necessarily has to have a diagnosis to be or to receive therapy. However, 
um, as someone who has worked in the mental health field and a lot of that being around like trauma and, you know, complex trauma or different um, things going on in their lives, I wanted to see the other side of things. And so me moving into the coaching realm was more so about like, how can I support people in between their therapy sessions that allows me to kind of take a step back in a more relaxed approach to the skills that I have versus this very we are attacking these things head on, it could turn into some trauma, things like that. And so um, coaching just seemed to be like a very natural uh, progression for me to move into that world. Um, and so it's kind of like more coaching clients and less therapy clients. And it just, it's all for my mental health, really, because as we talk about boundaries, it really was something that I needed to implement. Like, how can I, because I'm only 38 years old. I look 28, but I am a full 38 <laughs> years old. And so I'm thinking about like, how can I mentally make sure that I am almost around for the long call, right? And so for me, taking a step back from the therapy world um, was very beneficial and but still being able to use those skills kind of naturally float into coaching so here I here I am here you are absolutely and I I love it there are I'm not going to say there's a lot honestly there are very few that I know personally mental health professionals who worked in as therapists counselors or anything in that capacity that have moved into this space and I do think y'all bring one, just a very robust skill set. Obviously, you're not doing therapy with mm-hmm. these uh, clients, but mm-hmm. just the knowledge, the skill set, and the aptitude to be able to say, this is where the line between therapy and my coaching is. And mm-hmm. you, it's like, I think it's really powerful when you guys enter this space in particular, because you can call out when something actually needs therapy versus when something does need coaching, when you can have a conversation about boundaries and really lean into that versus doing some of the deeper work. How has that been for you as someone who's kind of lived in both spaces? I'm just curious. You know, to be honest, sometimes it's difficult, right? Um, So when we think about the ethics of the therapy world, we're always talking about like dual relationships, right? Like who you are with your client as a therapist, that is it. There's no crossing the lines. There's no speaking to them. If you see them in the grocery store, there's like all these like very, um, very clear distinctions between what you can do with a client and what you cannot do. Right. So in moving over into the coaching world, working with clients, when I start to see, and I still call them clients, I haven't figured out a different term. (laughs) I feel like I want to not call them clients, but in working with the the coaching um, women that, or the women that I'm coaching, there are times where I find myself wanting to know more, um, wanting to dig deeper, and I have to just like stop myself. So it's really good for me to have like a system in place, like very structured, like, hey, these are the questions that we're covering. Um, one of the things that it does allow me to do is push a little bit harder on the coaching clients that I have to go out and do the work and then come back to me and, this, and I'm able to hold them accountable a little bit more. So that is the, the give and take. So in the therapy world, it's like, okay, I give you these things. If you come back, you don't do them. Like, yeah, I can challenge you, but I can't necessarily like hold you to the fire, right? But me as a person, I'm a hold you to the fire type of person. Like if you tell me like, Candace, this is a goal that I want to reach and my friends and family will attest to this. But if you tell me this is the goal that I want to reach and I want to reach it by next week, if next week comes and you haven't said anything, I'm the person to be like, "Uh uh-uh, let's go. You said this is what you want to do. Then this is what we're going to do. I don't care about you being tired. I don't care about you being mad. Like this is what you want to do. I'm going to push you forward with that. So coaching does allow me to be a little bit more of who I am naturally, which I appreciate. But there are times when I am coaching someone where I'm just like, mm, 
I know where that can go, <laughs> right? And I have to say, you know, and it is a question that I ask when I talk with them when I first onboard them, like, do you have a therapist that you're working with? Are you concerned about anything that could potentially turn into a concern that you would want to speak with a therapist about? Because again, going back to boundaries, I have to make it very clear from the beginning, like, yes, I am a therapist, but if you are coming to me for coaching, I am coaching you. I am not providing with you with therapy. And you know what just popped in my head as you were describing all of that? Mm-hmm. You teach boundaries and you have boundaries in your own business and in your own life. Yes. And this is this is just an expression of that. And that's just like the best example ever. <laughs> yes, it's awesome. And you know what's interesting? Most people, when they think about um, struggling with boundaries, they always think about like, oh, I say yes too much, right? And so my personal story with the boundaries is I was actually saying no too much, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if I said no to everything, like, no, I'm not going there. Um, I was really good with anybody who like invited me somewhere. If I didn't want to go, I had no problem saying, hey, thanks for the invite, but I'm not going to be able to make it. There is a law law and order marathon coming on. I really want to watch that. Like (laughs) just very clear. Right. (laughs) And so it wasn't until after I graduated with my um, doctorate degree to where I was just like, oh, I'm ready to be social. And nobody was really around, right? And I think people were very respectful of the fact that, oh, Candace is busy or, oh, Candace is going to say no. Um, and they were respectful of it, but I had not had this like this coming out moment where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to be social again. And it really caused me to reflect and say like, some of those times when I said no, was it really necessary for me to say no? Or was I isolating myself? Was I just kind of holding on too much to my boundaries? Um, and so where most people come to me and they're just like, I have a problem with saying yes all the time. I'm the complete opposite. So one of the things that my clients appreciate about me is being able to kind of like meet in the middle. And mm-hmm. I think that we don't do enough of talking about that side of boundaries is when you say no too much. So that's what I, I also bring to the table. I think my mind is a little bit blown because you are me and I am you. <laughs> <laughs> I am, look. Okay. I've talked about this in a number of different capacities, but like those of you who are into Enneagram, this will mean something to you. I'm an Enneagram five. I'm a manifesting generator. I'm a Taurus. I'm all of these things, whatever. But I am historically very well known in my personal life for being a person who was totally comfortable being like, no, I don't have the capacity for this right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've also been the person who we, this is, this is bad y'all. I'm just going to own it. It is what it is. But like, we've literally hosted, you know, parties and barbecues and stuff at my home. And if I had like the next day was a work day or, you know, something big was coming the next day, I was the person very, very able to stand up for my boundary. And I, I've done this many a times. Anybody will tell you I've walked away from my own party and like Mm -hmm. gone to bed and been Mm -hmm. like, I told you guys that tomorrow was a work day. It's nine o'clock. I've got to go. Like, have a great night. I love you though. (laughs) That is totally me. That makes me think about that meme or whatever that was floating around with the balloon spelled out at the party that said, please leave by nine. Have you ever Does seen someone that? do that? I need the meme. You have to send that to me when we get well, off. I'll find it and send it to you. But it was like spelled out, like, please leave by my, by night. And I was like, oh my God, this is me. So many people listening to this right now cannot relate. But those of you who relate, I know you relate so hard. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I love what you're saying about, you know, there are definitely two extremes either which mm-hmm. way. So we're talking about finding a really healthy middle ground 
where we ought, we do have boundaries and we are respecting them, but we're also not taking it to either extreme, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you speak more to the people who come to you and they're, they are the people who is like, I always say yes, because I feel like we just painted the best picture ever of being right. person who says no. We got to speak mm-hmm. to the other side of people now. <laughs> So what's interesting about boundary work is I don't think people realize that they have an issue with their boundaries until the, oh, I was about to say symptoms, wrong word for (laughs) for this line of work, until their behaviors are called out, right? So we're talking about the people pleasers who feel like, oh, I don't necessarily call myself a people pleaser. Oh, I'm just glad to help. Or I am just willing to support others. Or I want to make sure that I'm the best friend that I can be or I'm doing these things because it's my mom. And so it's just like, yeah, but you also have a very clear line that can be put there to where, yes, it's okay to do those things because it's your mother, or yes, you're okay to help people out because you're naturally a nurturer. But when it starts to affect you and your ability to pour into yourself, then that's when you need to draw a boundary. And I don't think people realize that it's necessarily the quote unquote boundary that they need to put in. They say things like, you know, oh, I don't practice enough self-care or, Mm. oh, like I'm really, I don't have much motivation to do anything or, oh, my relationships are draining and maybe I just need better communication skills. But then we get to dig to the bottom of it and we figure out like what concerns you're having with your communication skills or why it is that you're so tired or why it is that you don't feel motivated. It's like, well, you don't have any boundaries there. And so we start to do that work around like defining boundaries and and where they come from. And for me, when I talk to people about it, I just define a boundary as a personal line that allows you to feel safe in the environments that you're in with the people that you're in um, and around the things that you do. And so when I start to explain those things and I say like, well, who do you feel comfortable around to be like your complete authentic self, right? I always get this look and people say, huh, I don't know. And it's like, okay, boom, there we go. And then we start to break it down and talk about boundaries in that sense. So um, I think that is the the biggest thing that comes up when, you know, going back to the example of people who, um, who show boundaries in different ways, but, but yeah. Mm. That's a really good question. You got me out here thinking, and I've always known that my list is definitely relatively small. Would you say mm-hmm. that like some people, one, I'm sure some people just like don't have an answer and that's probably a big aha moment where they're like, oh, there's nobody on that list. Um, mm-hmm. But then there are people who have like a ton of people and some people like me who have like four, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you think it's just like a case by case basis, what that should look like for you? For sure. So literally what I'm looking for, or typically not literally, um, so for your listeners, one of the other things that I am, because I was very honest about me being a, a bunny or chasing rabbits, <laughs> one of the other things that I have been going through is like, since I've been out of school, words are just like, like escaping me. So you all have to excuse me if my brain has seemed slow, but during this pandemic, I'm not as stimulated as I was before. So Agreed. you all will have to excuse me. <laughs> but um, yeah, it really is on a case by case basis because some people, if they are able to say, well, I only have one friend, but that one person is someone that I can be completely authentic with. And is someone that I don't have any concerns about being vulnerable with. If that's your one person, then it's fine. Um, if there is someone who says like, Hey, I have like four to five really close friends. My question would be, you know, is there one person within that circle that you talk to everybody or you talk about everything with, or are you talking about this amount of things with this person and this amount of things with this person and this amount of things with that person. And even with that example, 
if it is, if it makes sense because those people have similar interests or similar um, experiences, then fine. But I often find that people break up the amount of things that they talk to different people about because they don't feel comfortable being 100% themselves with any one person. Mm -hmm. So if it's the latter, then we got to do some conversations. But it's, if it's the former and they're just like, no, like I only talk about church with this person because that person goes to church all the time, that makes sense. So yeah, it's on a case-by-case basis. Ah, that's so interesting. And I, mm -hmm. I see what you're saying though, because that sort of like compartmentalization, it can definitely mm -hmm. get a little on the, eh, don't, don't mm -hmm. do that so much side. Okay. I am curious then, I just want to like dig even deeper around this conversation of boundaries and how you see everything showing up with, you know, people who are entrepreneurs or what have you, right? So when it comes to, uh, to boundaries with entrepreneurs, what I often find is that entrepreneurs are like, okay, I am going into this because I'm very passionate about this concern or very passionate about this cause, right? And that is beautiful. You want to have that because that passion is going to keep you going. However, what I often find is that entrepreneurs feel like if they are not doing everything for their business or if they are not tied into every piece of it, if they are not approving every single thing, then they feel like they're doing a disservice to their business, right? And so what's interesting, and this is something that I identify with because my word for the year is delegate. Um, it was very difficult for me to let go of some of the clients that I have or to let go even of the thought of not taking on as many therapy clients because it became so much of who I was in my career that to let that go and hire other therapists or to let that go and hire a VA or to let that go and hire someone to do billing that took a lot of trust, right? And that's another part of boundaries because when you're implementing boundaries, you're asking for those environments and those people and those things that you're interacting with to be safe. And in order for you to feel safe, you have to trust those things. And so trust is a really big part of that. And so I think that's another thing that entrepreneurs don't really um, take a second to think about. It's like, yes, I am an entrepreneur, but how can I practice or how can I put things into place to where I can trust people more to delegate things so I'm not taking everything on? Because it doesn't have to be all you, right? Yes, it is your business, um, but you don't have to wait until, like, I think some people feel like, oh, I have to wait until, like, I'll speak to therapists specifically. They're like, oh, I have to wait until I have 30 clients before I bring on somebody else to do something. Or, oh, this system automated, I can do something overnight and just, like, type some things. And it's like, you don't have to wait to trust other people. Let's talk about why you don't trust other people. Or let's talk about what it might feel like if you, quote, unquote, drop the ball, um, which is really what they're afraid of. And it's like, okay, once we figure out those things, let's figure out what boundaries would work out with that. Um, let's be very honest about who we can and cannot trust. Um, let's make sure that we're vetting things and delegate those things out. So I think the the number one thing with entrepreneurs when it comes to boundaries, really trusting that other people will take care of your business the way you will. You are preaching to the choir, ma'am. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And I think um, even just when I think about it from my experience and my client's experience, it's one of those things that also can be a little bit frustrating. I just want to call that out because mm -hmm. I think as with anything, we're often looking for the quick fix solution. We're looking mm -hmm. for just like the immediate, like make it work, make it happen and make it feel good. Mm -hmm. And trust isn't one of those things that just happens really quickly. And that's mm -hmm. not a fun thing to acknowledge, to be mm -hmm. honest. It's just not. You know, the unfortunate, uh, 
I use that term lightly, unfortunately, but the unfortunate thing about the brain is the only way that it learns is by doing, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have to put yourself out there, out there. You have to take the risk. You have to, you don't have to trust someone with um, one of the analogies that I use with my clients is like, because I love books, right? I mean, hard copy books. I'm a hard copy person. <laughs> so I am not going to trust someone with my memoir from one of my favorite authors that has his signature in it, right? I'm not going to trust you with that from jump. I might trust you with this book that I bought from the Goodwill that if you you want to borrow it, I'll trust you with that. And if you bring it back and everything's all good to go, great. Then you can borrow like the next thing up. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people consider trust is to be like, you have to go all in when you say you trust someone. It's like, you know, you can start with baby stuff. Like I trust you with this part of my business, not this other part of my business. Or I trust you to do what you need to do for the next week. And we touch base on Fridays, right? It doesn't have to be, I trust this person with my billing process and I'll never look at another billing document again. It's like, mm, nope, not that. <laughs> Just small little bits of trust along the way. Little steps. I love that. You know, um, you just made me think about, I remember, I don't know if it was in her book or in her TED talk or whatever, but we know Brene Brown talks about trust and vulnerability and all of those things a lot. And I remember hearing her piggy bank analogy, I think it was. And she talked about mm-hmm. like her daughter would talk about, you know, I don't know, something about the fact that trust is kind of like every time someone proves themselves to you, kind of, that sounds a little strong, but I don't know a better mm-hmm. phrase to say it, but like with the book thing. They, they borrow the book, they bring it back and it's still in good condition, deposits coin. They borrow mm-hmm. the next book, they bring it back and it's in great condition. And then they let you borrow one of their books, deposits two coins. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it builds over time. And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times people feel like they have to take the opposite approach, right? Which is, my clients definitely come to me talking about this. They just want to give someone the piggy bank with all the money in it already. Mm-hmm. And then when people break that trust, they want to take the coins out. And it's mm-hmm. like, maybe you're approaching this a little bit backwards right now. Mm-hmm. And that's where some of that tension is coming from. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Today's episode is brought to you by ClickUp. Now look, there are a lot of project management systems out there. And this is a question that I get pretty much on a weekly basis. Which system should I choose? Now, you know my belief, your system is highly dependent on how you work and how your team works best. However, I am not shy about sharing my favorite of the bunch. It's ClickUp. When it comes to daily team management, I have personally found that ClickUp provides everything you need. My team uses ClickUp for just task management, to house our headquarter resources, and for ongoing communication. My favorite part, with the unlimited version, you get access to the dashboards, which has totally replaced Slack for us, and I am a streamlined systems type of woman. I highly recommend it if you have a team, and guess what? It couldn't be easier or better. You can go to tianatai.com ClickUp and get 50% off of your very first year. I'm telling you. off. Just head to www.tianatai.com slash clickup to snag that today. (sighs) Because we're talking about this and it's, it's, it sounds really nice. It sounds really great. But when we talk about actually standing by our boundaries, Mm -hmm. right? We've thought it through. We've thought through who we are and what matters to us. And we're like, okay, I say yes, a little too much in this area. No, a little too much in that area. I want to put boundaries around this part of my business or my personal life. What Mm -hmm. are some of the things that you see that just get in our way? 
and make it to where we're not actually living by our boundaries? Because I feel like we've all experienced that. For sure. So the number one thing that I feel gets in the way of people actually standing by their boundaries are their feelings. Um, So a lot of people are uncomfortable with feeling guilt, with feeling shame, with feeling fear or anxiety or disappointment or any of these other emotions that can potentially come with, um, with enforcing those boundaries, right? Um, we tend to give people the benefit of the doubt. It's like, oh, well, if I put this boundary into place, like what if they're not able to abide by it? And if they're not able to abide by it, then I lose the friendship. It's all this catastrophic thinking that comes along with what happens when I put this boundary into place, right? Um, and I am a very firm believer that thoughts and feelings just are. There's no such thing as a negative or positive thought or feeling. We have thoughts and feelings that we're uncomfortable thinking or feeling, but they really are the truest form of self-expression that we have. Now, there are positive or negative consequences that come when you act on (laughs) those thoughts or feelings, but the thoughts and feelings themselves are not negative nor positive. So I often talk a lot with my clients about like how to get comfortable with those emotions because they're just a part of life, right? Um, And it it does take a while. And so I often have people say like, I want to, I could be able to enforce my boundaries if I didn't feel so bad about asking my mom to do this, or I can enforce my boundaries, but I'm a little anxious about having this conversation. And it's like, well, what's the difficulty in feeling those emotions? And it really boils down to being uncomfortable feeling those things. And I think it really comes from people saying things like, oh, I don't want you to feel bad or oh, like, I just want you to feel better or let's not talk about that because that's uncomfortable. And it's like, eh, especially if you're a business owner, you got to get comfortable with having uncomfortable conversations, right? And that, those come along with uncomfortable feelings as well. So I am, I cannot tell you how many times I've told my parents no. And, you know, they say, well, okay, Candace, like, if you can't do it, then, you know, I'll find somebody else. And I'm like, okay, well, let me know how that goes. And then they get off the phone and I scream into a pillow or I get off the phone. I'm just like, oh my God, I can't believe. But guess what? I'm not calling them back <laughs> to tell them like, you know, never mind, I'll do it. Um, I, I, I just really want people to um, to grow, to be able to feel every feeling in every single way because there's no one feeling that's better or worse than the next. Um, and so I think that's the number one thing that I often see when people struggle with um, enforcing their boundaries is really just the feelings that come along with it. You know, I didn't know what I expected you to say to that question. Like, I didn't have an answer in my head. It wasn't Mm -hmm. that. And I Mm -hmm. really, really appreciate that because I feel like there's a level of realism to what you just said, basically. Mm -hmm. I think that's where my heart is pulling me. There's a level of just this is real life and real life says that you're probably, especially if you're not used to it, not going to feel that good and Mm -hmm. you're going to feel some sort of like counter emotion to you trying to stand by boundaries, especially if we haven't really done it before. Like I can't imagine not feeling some sort of counter emotion if it's a behavior that I have not been able to stand by in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like think about it. If you say to someone, like let's say you have an, an intern for your business, right? Interns are usually very eager to learn. They're very open to learn. They're very excited for any task that you give them. So when you go to put a boundary into place for them, like I need you to do this by this time, because that's a time frame and a time frame is a boundary. You do it with no qualms because it's like, this is what needs to be done. And you know that person is going to be very accepting of it. However, when we have to talk to 
Um, and I know you work primarily with, with entrepreneurs and people who are like CEOs, but like, let's say that CEO has to go to their board or, you know, there's a manager who has to go to their CEO when you have that kind of like that power differential, which won't get on a rant, but <laughs> when you have that in place, there's a certain level of anxiety that causes you to kind of like filter your words or let me clean it up or let me make sure that I'm saying this the right way. And you would not have done it that way if you were having the exact same conversation with an intern, right? And the only difference is how you feel about those situations, how you are perceiving those situations. The words could be the same. The situation could be the same. The problem could be the same. The solution can be the same. But the feelings that come along with it are different. You are like blowing my mind in the best way right now because I immediately thought about this one particular client I had a while back. And one of the dynamics that they came to me kind of uncomfortable with was it was their team. And essentially, Mm -hmm. in a nutshell, not like they loved each other. This team was one of those like unicorn teams where Mm -hmm. I wasn't coming in because there was any sort of like conflict between them. They actually had deep, deep love for each other. Really, Mm -hmm. we were coming in to do like more tactical operational work, but the one more so emotional element to what was going on in this team was the fact that basically all of the team members very much looked up to the CEO. And there was Mm -hmm. definitely like a power differential. Like I think they a lot of the team members were sourced from some community that they had all been a part of anyways. So there was, I don't know, there was like a familiarity there, but also this power dynamic. And literally what you just said, one of the biggest challenges with them was, one of them literally said to me um, something along the lines, I can't you know say it verbatim, mm-hmm. but something along the lines of the theme of it was, I can't express what I would express to this person in the mm-hmm. same way that I want to express it to this CEO. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding a real challenge because it's also getting in the way of work being done the way it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boundaries. Ah! <laughs> Boundaries. Because <laughs> what you're really doing is you're advocating for yourself in a sense, right? And so sometimes when we think about like advocating for ourselves and asking for what it is that we need, whether we're asking the intern or a coworker or the CEO, it feels selfish, right? Like who am I to ask for what I need when I need to think about the bigger picture or I need to think about the task at hand? And it is very, I I 1000% get the notion of leave your feelings at the, at the door or check yourself at the door before you come in, right? However, we're not robots, we're mm-hmm. humans and things happen, relationships are built or relationships are broken depending on you know the dynamics of the team and things like that. And so those are real things to consider and keep in mind. Um, and there, I, listen, when I always set boundaries with my supervisors, with the teams that I supervise, and it was very much so like, I need you all to understand this is how I work. And this is not me being, um, this is not me being a B. This is not me being very cold. I need you to understand how I work so I can see if we can work together because I would like to utilize my strengths and I want to utilize yours. We just need to be very clear from the start. And I, I still have people to this day that still work with me or still reference me as a supervisor because they know that when I give it to them, I'm going to give it to them straight. Yes, we're going to say, and we can talk about the good things. We can talk about the bad things. There's nothing off the table. Like we have to have this open dialogue. Um, and I, I really think that comes from setting from the jump. Here's what I expect. Here are my boundaries. Here's, you know, X, Y, and Z and going from there. I love to hear it. What I heard from that is like expectations boundaries, 
open and honest communication. And those things are all music to my ears. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like that's healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ma'am. Okay. Is there anything else like top of mind that you really want to be able to share with the community before we wrap for today? I would challenge everyone to take a look at their personal values, right? Um, whenever I work with clients, I'm always asking like, what is it that you value? Because a lot of people who struggle with, uh, with boundaries are just like, well, where do I start? And I always say to start with your personal values. So I would challenge everyone to think, to think about three to five values that they hold right now um, and ask themselves, do I have boundaries in place for each one of these values? And if you don't, do it today by the end of this episode. <laughs> figure out your boundaries and put them in, into place um and reassess them annually because we don't do enough of that either but you know that that's a whole nother thing about like self-care and how we reflect and mm. i won't get on the rant but yeah we can start there we can start with the personal values <laughs> i understand like building in time for reflection is a real thing that most mm-hmm. of us struggle with because we're always mm-hmm. trying to like run the hamster wheel and move forward it's like can you slow down and reflect on some stuff so mm-hmm. that oh no okay anyways (laughs) so if y'all didn't hear dr ken just said remember that notebook we mentioned earlier take out the notebook write down the core values start thinking about what boundaries map to those core values we got to do this work i just an aside i love how core values touches into every element of what it is to be a human and run a business and manage your home and your personal life, your professional life and all of the things, all of it is rooted in your values and what you believe Mm -hmm. in and how you want to operate in this world. Mm -hmm. Just saying, anywho, we can get on so many rants, Dr. Candace. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So for all of the people who enjoyed this conversation as much as I did and want to continue to go off on these lovely, what did you call it? Chasing rabbits chasing rabbits everybody wants to continue to chase rabbits with dr candace where can they find you ma'am tell us all of the places sure you can find me on instagram which is where i am the most active which is um at dr dot c-a-n-d-a-c-e-a so dr dot candace what dr dot candace a words um, because it's not spelled with an I. And then I am also on the internet at www.drcandaceA.com. Y'all heard it here first. All right. So thank you so much for joining us today. And we appreciate you, ma'am. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. 